You're listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast, episode 23. On today's podcast, I'm talking about the P word, and I cannot wait to share with you all of the tips and reasons why that processes will hold you back from scaling your online brand. So let's dig into it. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, the founder and CEO of the seven-figure ethical fashion brand Encircled, host of this podcast, business mentor and coach, and proud dog mom. I'm excited to be back with you today. And this episode is really about probably one of the most unsexy topics in e-commerce. So a lot of people get into e-commerce and, you know, they really love the idea of developing a product or designing something, or maybe you're really into the social media aspect and you love doing videos and going live and, uh, or perhaps, you know, pre-pandemic, of course, you were really into events and meeting people and, you know, in-person retail was really your jam. But today I'm going to talk about something that I think is critical to having in place so that you can scale your business. This is often what I see hold entrepreneurs back from reaching new levels because at the end of the day, we are all building businesses that, you know, at various levels, we want to be probably less and less involved as they grow. You know, you may want to grow your business and still be the chief design officer or something like that five years down the road. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of us are building businesses to connect deeper with our purpose, but also to fuel our life goals and our lifestyle. And you know what? I personally don't want to be working until I'm 95 years old. So I really want to build a business that has the systems and processes in place that will enable me to be removed from the business and not have the business collapse. And so when you're just starting out with your e-commerce store, and I can definitely attest to this, processes are not your focus. So on today's episode, we're going to talk all about what actually is a process in an e-commerce business, why having no processes or loose processes will hold you back from scaling if you don't have them, and how to create a process. Just the basics, all that we can cover kind of in 30 minutes or so. Before I get into that, I just want to remind you guys I have a couple of online courses that I think might be of interest. If you haven't checked out my webinar, Five Ways to 5X Your Email Marketing Revenue, it's free. The link is in the show notes, about an hour long of me teaching my favorite tips for building your email marketing channel. Email marketing is something that I'm personally passionate about, so passionate that I made a masterclass called the Email Marketing Masterclass that I launched in the fall for the first time. uh, And my students have gotten amazing results. Like I keep getting all these testimonials and little messages from people who've gone through the course. And they're just some of them are just still implementing and finishing things up from that course, because it, it is quite extensive. So I recommend if you are having trouble with your Facebook ads or another channel right now, please, please explore email marketing, it can be an incredibly profitable, repeatable, channel that has direct connection with your customers. So definitely check that out. Link in the show notes to the email marketing masterclass as well. All right, so back to it. So let's talk about the P word process, process or process. 
I think process is the American way to say it, but I say process because I'm from Canada. So let's first talk about what is a process and what would that actually look like in an e-commerce product-based business? So a process is basically anything that you do on a regular basis. So as an example, you know, in my fashion business, you know, a process might be how we pick and pack an order. So from what we do, like how does the person, you know, print off the pick list? How do they actually pick the product out of the back room? How do they pack it? Do they fold it? Do they put it in tissue? You know, do they put a hang tag on? All of those little steps along the way, that's essentially a process. So there could be a process for shipping and picking, packing a a product. There could be a process for facilitating a customer exchange or return. There could be a process for doing an event online or in person. There could be processes for pretty much anything from onboarding employees to offboarding employees to launching a product to developing a product to production management and quality control. You know, your whole business really is all about processes because every day, especially if you are launching new products and doing new campaigns and marketing stuff, you know, you're repeating some of the same steps over and over again, whether or not you realize that. So one of the things I've noticed in myself, I've experienced personally when I was building my business in the early stages is that if you don't have processes, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. So let's talk about why processes can hold you back from scaling your business. Now, every time I talk about processes, because I am a management consultant, ex-management consultant, people generally start to tune out. But one of the reasons I think it's so, so important is that, you know, you built this business to be agile. Most of you probably came out of a corporate job of some sort and decided to follow your passion. And, you know, you developed a product or an idea or a service and you launched your brand. And now as your brand grows, you realize that you're spending less and less time on that kind of fun aspect of designing products or whatever it is that really like drew you to it in the first place. And that's because running a business takes a lot of work. There's a lot of operational work that goes into running um, any business. And most particularly, I have to say product-based businesses, just because I have both. I have an online course, podcast, coaching business, and then I have the e-commerce business. And yes, the e-commerce business is like, you know way bigger than my coaching business. But man, it takes so many more resources from financial to system-wise and processes and materials, et cetera, to run an e-commerce business. It's just incredibly complex. And that's why, side note, if you are looking to hire a coach to help you, do not hire a coach that's never worked with a product-based business. Because service-based, unless you're talking about something around mindset, they will not understand and they will not be able to help you hire somebody who has experience in e-commerce. And if you want some referrals, uh, let me know. Hit me up in my DMs at Christy Sumer on Instagram. All right. So back to processes. So why do they hold you back? Well, if you think about it, if you don't have processes, it really means that the way of doing things lives in somebody's head, whether it's your head or somebody else's head. Uh, that is a really dangerous thing because what if that person leaves or what if you leave Or what if it's just you and you have all the processes in your head? And that means you have to do everything because you could never train anybody because it just lives in your mind. And I know there's a tendency, and I've experienced this at many levels in my business, to feel like, you know, you are the best at doing this process and nobody in the world could ever be as good as you are at customer service or, you know, picking and packing that order 
or, you know, you know, intaking quality control because you're just so good at it. You know all the little details. But guess what? Most people can do that. They can. I think that's a really big limiting belief that I see primarily with female founders is that they want to hold on to the control of all of these parts and pieces of their business, which takes you guys away from actually the strategy and marketing growth activities that are needed to grow to the next level in your business. So processes or the lack thereof, let's say, means you have to do everything. It also means inefficiency. So it means that you're doing these repeatable processes and they're constantly having to be learned or repeated in some way, shape, or form. So this could be from, you know, not having templates to use in a process. So as an example, um, you know, the way we run our marketing calendar, and I teach part of this in the email marketing masterclass, is really that you know, you want to have these templates for your email campaigns so that, you know, every time you're running like a sale campaign or a giveaway or, uh, you know, doing some pre-promotion for a product launch, you kind of want to have a go-to template from email that you can use because you don't want to always be creating these graphically intense emails every week because then, especially when you're small, that's going to take up all your time. So, I highly recommend thinking about your processes and which ones are most important to your business. And you really have to document them, which we'll talk about later. But, you know, having a repeatable process is great, but it it needs to be well communicated and understood in the organization. So lack of processes means inefficiency because oftentimes people will do things their own way. So let's say you don't have a shipping process and you're just like, here are the boxes, here are the labels, figure it out. So maybe when you ship a package, you pick and pack it a certain way and put a handwritten card. Maybe when your other employee packs it, you know, they don't do the card, but they'll do the tissue. And maybe the other employee will put the tissue, the card and a sticker. So every guest or customer who's getting a package from you is getting a completely different experience. And that is not great because you want to have a cohesive and consistent customer experience. It also means that, you know, it could be wasteful. Like maybe you don't need that sticker in the box. Um, so there could be some efficiency of resource waste there. But at the end of the day, not having processes means that you are losing something along the way. As I said, it also kind of leaves room for error in interpretation. So if you don't have kind of a map for people to follow, they're just going to go whichever way that suits them. So as an example, let's say you are onboarding an employee and you don't have a process. You know, the person who's in charge of onboarding that employee is only going to tell them exactly what they think they need to know in the business to be successful. And if they hadn't maybe had exposure and experience with the other parts of pieces of the business, they may not even know how to teach them that. So that's why there's really a lot of purpose in doing this. And it also makes training and onboarding way harder. So anytime you're training somebody up and you are sitting with them for hours going over how to do things, like that is super precious time. Even if your time is worth like $100 an hour, just think about how many hours you're spending with like new hires or new team members just talking about everything and just down to the littlest things. So when we talk, we have an onboarding checklist in Circled and, you know, some of the stuff is really efficient in there and some of it is not efficient. Like I want it to be more automated. Like I want it to automatically trigger certain things when people are onboarded into our HR system, for example. Like I want it to send them like six documents automatically and trigger like I'm actually almost thinking of sending, this is sounds kind of nuts, but 
an email sequence to new employees with just like everything they need to know over the first week through Clavio because there's just so much stuff that, you know, they need to know. They need to do their health and safety training. They need to leave, read the brand guide. They need to set up their email signature. I actually think that's a really brilliant idea. I think I'm going to take that one away and do it. Um, and feel free to copy that. But yeah, processes will just hold you back because the more employees you bring on and the more team members, the harder it is going to be to communicate how you do things. And then you have to spend more and more time with each of them, which is takes you out of the business um, and creates a lot of room for mistakes and uh, inefficiencies. So if I haven't convinced you why processes matter, feel free to DM me at Christy Sumer on Instagram because I will go on about this forever, but they are of critical importance and they don't have to be rigid. As an example, when I worked at Colgate-Palmolive, we had this graphic design packaging design guy and he was so rigid in his process like he had Colgate had a lot of SOPs which stands for standard operating procedures and like if you did anything with him like gave him anything he would make you sign off on the standard operating procedure document like that is intense we're not talking about that level of intensity of process but we're just talking about making things flow better work better communicated across the teams all right so Now that I've convinced you that you need some processes, because as you grow, you want to offboard more stuff to more people, either internally or externally to your company. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about how to create processes and what some of the systems and tools you're going to need in place and steps to take to make an actual business process. So the first thing I like to do is really figure out where you're going to host this process. So there's a couple of ways you could do it. So you could do you know a Word doc or Google doc or an Evernote file and just write out the process. You could get very fancy and use like a mind map or a flow chart type of thing, depending on the process and put it in maybe like Google slide or PowerPoint or something like that. You could use a tool like Asana or Trello. We use Asana actually to document all of our processes. It's project management software. So just figure out where you're going to put it first and then um, wherever you're putting that process and writing it down or typing it out, write down all the steps it takes. So let's use, let's go back to the example of customer returns. So the trigger for that process might be a customer submits a request to return a product. Now, what is the first step? So the first step would be, you know, check out the customer's order and verify it. Verify that it's within the return window. And then maybe depending on your business, like tag that order with return approved and then go to whatever system you use for creating return labels, create a return label, respond to the customer that their return is approved and give them all the steps for mailing the product back to you, including if there's any charges for mailing it back and timelines, and then send them the label and then tag the order again, maybe with, you know, return in process. And then when the return's received, you go in there and remove all those tags and put return received. You steam the garment or whatever and restock it back in your inventory and deduct whatever for the label. So that's like a really high level process. I'm not even sure if actually that's the way we do returns in Encircle because I don't do them anymore. But you would want to get down to that kind of daily minutia. So like go into Shopify, open the order, click on this, add this tag, write in the notes, anything specific to the customer. You want to get all the little nitty gritty details out that are all in your head, write them out, 
And then you want to go back and test your process. So go back and just think like, okay, follow all the steps exactly as how you wrote them out. So, you know, all those things I just said, walk through them. Did it make sense? Is there anything missing? Did you skip a step? Is anything being assumed? Fill in those gaps as much as possible. Then if you have somebody else on your team, I would highly recommend having them test the process as well. If you don't, no worries, but it's also good to have a second set of eyes on things and then finalize the process. So figure out, you know, wherever it is, let's say it's in um, a sauna or something like that. You can notate that it's return process, you know, share it with your team in Slack, be like, hey, I made a new process to uh, formalize how we do returns going forward. Have a look and let me know if you have any questions. Uh, you could also do a video. So my favorite is to do like a Loom video or a uh, screen share video where I basically record my screen and walk people through the steps of doing something. And then I'll save it like on the drive. You can also use Zoom for this as well. Zoom can record your screen. Save it on a drive somewhere that people can access it, make a training folder. Amazing. So that's a great additional step. I would highly recommend having your processes documented, like written out, whether it's in a Google Doc or Asana or something like that. And then having that video, I think is just like a nice extra layer. So you can put that link to the video in either the Google Doc or Asana. And I would just do a screen share of me walking through an actual return, for example, and all the systems and tools I'm opening on my desktop and whatnot, and do some voiceover to it. It doesn't take that long. You don't have to edit it. Just record it. Nobody's going to care about the quality of it. And then, as I mentioned, the last step is just to tell others. And then as you're kind of working, you know, these processes aren't set in stone. At some point, they may get revised. So you may have to go in and revise the steps of the process. You may have to record another video. And you definitely need to tell people if you're changing the process. So that's just a really basic rundown on how to create processes in your business. So just start from thinking about, you know, what are the top 10 processes in your business right now that you're really involved in that you would like to not be involved in? let's say a year or six months from now. So that will change as your business grows. But I can say when I was, you know, just starting out, it was definitely shipping an order, returns, what would be another one, like ordering fabric, producing a garment, quality control, mm, social media posts, um, all those steps, just write out those processes. As you guys know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I love the book Traction by Gina Wickman. It talks about, you know, documenting your top like 10 to 20 processes in your business being super, super important. And it is. So just try and think of all those ways. Like, how do you um, deal with a customer service request? Like, how do you um, put together an email marketing campaign? Like, what are those things that you spend like 80% of your time doing in the business? And how can you make them into processes? Because... If you can't, it means it's going to always live with you. Like as an example, we have a really detailed product launch checklist process, which we're actually revisiting right now. And it's tiered. So there's like different tiers for different levels of launches. So if something's like a really big launch or a small launch and every, you know, quarter we're refining this and right now we're revisiting it to redo it completely. Um, but it really started out with, you know, putting something down in Asana, making a template out of it in Asana, 
copying it and seeing if that process actually works to do all those steps cross-functionally that we need to do to launch a product. So now I'm looking at different things that I can chunk out as processes. So what else am I doing on a day-to-day basis that I don't need to be doing? So that's a question that you need to be continuously asking yourself as a founder and CEO. You know, there's a really great tool from US, which is related to that traction book that I talked about. It's called Delegate and Elevate. So it talks about, you know, what do you love doing? What are you great at? What do you like, but you're good at? What do you don't like that you're good at? What do you don't like that you're not good at? You know, I went through this exercise. Um, I think I talked about it on the last episode, but I recently did it. I'm not completed completely, but one of the things I don't like slash not good at, I'm actually not good at customer service and I'm actually really not good at shipping. And I really don't like doing either of those things. Um, so I put that under there. So those would be two where I would be like, you know, I need to hire somebody to work on this. If that was the case, I already have people hired for that. So that's fine. Um, don't like slash good at. So what's something that I don't like doing that I'm good at? I'm good at tech troubleshooting. I'm really good at project management, but I don't really love it. So that's like something for me to think about. So right now, one of our key roles in the business is vacant. So that would take some of that off my plate, but maybe in the future, I might need, you know, more of a project manager type role. So that's just a great exercise to go through. And, you know, always, if you're just starting out and you don't have a big team, start with that. Don't like not good and don't like good because focusing on doing things all the time that you don't like in your business is going to really become a drag. All right, so we talked this episode about what are processes, why processes will hold you back from scaling if you don't have them, how to create processes at a high level, and I gave you some real actionable tips on how to get started with the P word in your business, which is so, so important. So if you're ready to go, I'd love to hear from you. Share this episode, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, tag me at Christy Sumer, and name a process which you're going to develop ASAP. I want to hear. All right. Thanks so much for listening and have yourself a beautiful day. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com where you can find all the show notes, free resources and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.